You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. So Tyler last week did a great job. He said, we're just a bunch of weirdos and crazy Christians anyway, so what do we got to be worried about? I'm going to hit a little bit more on that. He also talked about, hey, if you're going, go, but if you're staying, stay going, right? These are, these are great little uh, nuggets that we got from Tyler last week. So we're going to start off. Uh, Jesus was hanging out with his apostles for a couple years, right? So I'm sure just like I've repeated myself up here and and Logan's repeated himself, and Steve's repeated himself, and we've heard the same messages a few times in different ways from people. I'm sure the apostles heard it differently from Jesus at times, too. So Matthew says, go therefore and make and teach, and Luke has his own interpretation of the Great Commission, Uh, and then Mark also has his interpretation. So we're going to start in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. See, I love Mark, his gospel. It's very straightforward. There's no fluff. It's simple. I mean, it's perfect for a guy like me. There's not a whole, it's just, this is it. This is how it's done. Go do it. And so I really like, like Mark's uh, uh, gospel. And so this is his rendition of the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples, teaching them to obey. So he says this, and I did a couple different translations just to drive home the point. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And the message says, then, go, then he said, go into all the world, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. It's the same thing. It's just simplified. It's really, it's all he's saying is he's saying, go preach Jesus. Bam, that's even simpler. Bam, go preach Jesus. Go proclaim the good news. There's only one good news and that's Jesus Christ. There's only one gospel and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's only one Savior, and that's Jesus Christ. And Mark says, go and make it known. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. It's just another way. We always hit on that verse in Acts 1-8 where it talks about, you know, go therefore into Jerusalem, the city you're at, uh, Judea, the country, Samaria, the people in the, in the same area or same uh, country, then the ends of the world, right? We talk about this over and over and over again. Well, I'm here to tell you that wherever you're at, that is where you are going. Now, if God has called you to not be in Placerville, but to go somewhere else, then you need to get off your duff and go somewhere else. But if he's called you here, this is your city, this is your going place, and you need to go. That's it. That's it. That's the message. That's from Mark chapter 16, 15. Amen. I'm done. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. So this is just another way to say go. Church, we need to get over this bringing mentality. We have this mentality that I will bring people to my home group. I will bring people to a special event. I will bring people to church. I will bring people on a West Side adventure, which is a great opportunity. But we, we got to get over this thing that I'm going to bring people to somebody else. I'm going to let the pastor, whatever, do that. Okay? Guess what? Those of us that are called to be pastors, we're just a bunch of simple men just doing whatever God's called us to do. We're not some super gurus, some holier-than-thou people. We're just a bunch of average Joes, just like every one of you, with a call in our lives to do what God's called us to do, and we're just saying, yes, Lord. 
So I say that to let you know that God has called each and every saint to do the work of ministry. That's all of us that have said yes to the Lord. It's not just for a few people. It's for everyone. And it's our job, it's everyone's job to get out of our bunkers and get out there and go and share Jesus with everyone. There's no hunkering down here. That's not the commandment. The commandment's to go. There's no hiding. The commandment's to go. There's no CIA, secret agent, spoof Christians. You have to get out there and make it known. And so, and so I just want to let you guys know, on that note, as the... As you know, we're just ordinary guys up here. You don't need to bring your people to me. That's a, that's a poor Western culture thing. You, you need to get out there and do it. But I want you to know that we are scared too. This doesn't come easy for us either. It's difficult for us to get out there. I get it. I get the feelings. I, I get the emotions. I get that insecurity, that hindrance, that all this stuff. I get it. And I'm going to share an example with you. I have a, a dear grandma. We just put her into hospice care a few weeks ago. And and uh, she's Andrew's grandma, but she was someone, we were roommates. When I was going to the fire academy, I was living with her. So we had a very special relationship. I was one of the few men she would actually listen to. But we put her in a hospice care. And for those of you that don't know what hospice care is, hospice care is basically you put someone into, onto the care of, in a situation where basically they're going to die, but it's pain management and it's making them as comfortable as possible as they begin to die. Um, so it's only for a time and this kind of stuff. So when someone goes on hospice care, you know the end of their life on earth is, is coming soon. So here I am. I, I'm heading to, to see grandma. I knew I'd be there by myself. And I'll be honest with you. You know, I don't know if it's an old person thing or whatever, but she's very difficult. She doesn't want to listen to anyone. She gets her mind made up, and that's how it is. She's a feminist, okay? And I don't know about any other men in here, but talking with a feminist can be very intimidating for men. Because you have a relationship, we have a respect for one another, and I don't want to step on her toes or anything like that, right? But then it dawned on me as I'm driving there and I'm praying, and it dawned on me. She doesn't need a relationship with me. She needs Jesus. She doesn't need to have this mutual camaraderie with me. She needs Jesus. And that is far more important than anything I can give her or any special relationship that we do have. She needs Jesus. So trying to build up my courage. So I get there and I'm praying, Jesus, you know, you know, make a way for me, you know, show me the way. And so we're sitting there and we're, you know, I go in, I kiss her and tell her I love her and I'm holding her hand and we're talking about nothing. Um, and then all of a sudden she goes, you know, and she looks up at the ceiling. She goes, you know, I've been looking for crosses all over the place. I'm all, bam, got it, God. All right. All right. I get it. I get it. Okay, here we go. But then yet there was still this fear and this anxiety in me. Okay, I have to share Jesus with her. But I'm sitting there going, ah. I mean, really just like that, almost on the inside. <laughs> and, and, but yet the opportunity was there. It was clear as day. I had, to, I had to go for it. So I said, there are crosses everywhere. And we just laid into the gospel message. Jesus died for you. Grandma, you need to repent of your sins. You need Jesus in your life. You need to confess that he's the Lord of your life. And, and, and the, there is no other way except for through Jesus. And we went through this. And I'm telling you, you know, and, you know, you, know, you got to make peace with God right now, Grandma. That's it. And, and she did. And, and there's, there's, a, it is, there's a great, I don't even know how to describe it, but for us, my wife, 
uh, my sister-in-law, our grandchildren, not the whole, the whole family's not believers at this point. But there's a great peace and security that comes with this. But I'll tell you what, it was hard. It, it's harder. It was like, why? And I'm sitting there going, why is it so hard for me? She's dying. I got nothing to lose here. Why is it so hard for me? Why? Why? And, but we are human. God created us with emotions, right? Andrew and I, when we're doing any kind of counseling, we always, especially marriage counseling, we feel the way we feel because we feel the way we feel. We feel the way we feel because we feel the way we feel. That's it. God created us with emotions, with feelings. Even Paul, the great apostle, he wrote all kinds of books in the New Testament. He says this in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. He says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Gospel message. Then listen to this carefully, church. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. This is the man. And yet here he is. I am with you with much weakness, with trembling. Do you get it? We're not alone in this. We feel because we feel. That's how God created us. And it's okay to feel how we feel. But let me tell you something, church. We also have the Word of God, right? And the Word of God is there to balance out a lot of things. And one of those main things the Word of God is there to balance out is our feelings and our emotions. Because if we act upon our feelings or our emotions and they're not proper and they're wrong, we're, ba- we're, we're sinning. I, uh, spell it out for you. We're sinning if we act upon our feelings and our emotions and they're leading us the wrong way. So we have to check. Am I responding to how I feel? Am I responding to my emotions based on the word of God or based on, well, this feels good right now or this feels okay or this feels right? Is it contradictory to the word of God? Because if it is, it's wrong. Period. There's nothing we can do about it. It's wrong. That's why we have the Word of God. I mean, think about it. Um, think about love for a moment. And I know you guys are sitting there going, oh, Andrew has no problem loving this guy up here. He's so easy to love. He's got it all together. He's compassionate and loving. I get it. I understand. But believe it or not, I can be a downright dirtbag. All right? And she, but she doesn't just go, oh, I don't love you, I'm out of here. Because her feelings, her feelings are hurt, or I was inconsiderate, or not sensitive. Although I'm very sensitive, guys, some people are just too sensitive. But it's not, it's not about that. She chooses, she chooses to love me. Because she's grounded in her faith in Jesus Christ and in the Word of God. So she chooses to love me when I'm at my most difficult times. And those, they do happen. They do happen. And I think about, (laughs) yes, and I think about arranged marriages. How many cultures out there have arranged marriages? Uh, There's no, I'm falling in love with you. It's here, now you're married. Get it on, get on with life. And people do, and they learn to love one another and live the rest of their lives happily choosing to love one another. Ephesians 4 says, uh, says, be angry and do not sin. Ephesians 4 verse 26. It says, be angry and do not sin. Anger is not a sin, church. Anger is an emotion. Anger is a feeling. It says, 
do not sin in your anger. So it's okay. You're going to get angry sometimes. Is what's not okay is to respond in your anger that is sinful. That is not okay. That is what the, that is why, again, we have the Word of God. We're going to have all these emotions, all these feelings, and we're going to have to respond in them. Uh, Proverbs 29, 11 says this, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Church, be wise. You're going to have emotions and feelings, but you've got to check them with the Word of God. You've got to balance it with the Word of God and know that, hey, I'm going to have fears sometimes. I'm going to have anxiety. I'm going to I'm going to be nervous. But yet the Bible says fear not. And and let me let me tell you something. You don't have to be fearless, all right? The only people that are fearless are idiots. Okay? So in my line of work fear keeps you alive. Cuz it makes you think about before you react to something. Okay? Courage is not being fearless. Courage is functioning in the face of fear. Do you see the difference, church? You, we need courage. We don't need to be fearless. We need courage to be bold and to proclaim Jesus Amen. and to not act on our emotions. Pride, we go through our pride. You know, the Bible talks about these wildflowers and then they wither and die. That's like our pride. Oh, I'm doing good now, not doing so good. Doing good now, not doing so good. You know, it's a fleeting emotion, right? Word of God, unchanging, always eternal. Our emotions changing, fleeting, you know, not eternal, okay? So we got to keep that in mind. Uh, Ephesians, we're going to move on into Ephesians. And uh, Paul talks, so when Paul's writing this letter in, chat, in the first verse, he, he says, I'm writing this to you, the saints. That's all of us. I'm writing this to you, the saints. It's not just to one person or, or to, it's to the church. So when we hear Paul's message, we need to, we need to grab a hold of that, that he's speaking to us, the saints, the church. And in, in Ephesians 6, 10 through 19, it talks about the full armor of God. And I get excited when I read this scripture. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. I'm getting ready to war, Right? We're getting ready to battle. This is exciting. Paul, he's getting me pumped up to get in, get into it, get ready to battle against spiritual forces in a realm that I don't really know or understand, but we're getting ready to battle, right? It's exciting. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, stand firm. There or stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You ready? You ready? I, I don't know. I'm ready. I'm fired up. It's exciting. It's time. And then Paul says this, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Church, we're not alone in our feelings. 
We're not alone in the need for the power of the Holy Spirit to help us through these times. It's not unusual. It's not just you. It's all of us. It's all of us. And it's okay. But what's not okay is to hide in your emotions and your feelings, not balance them and check them with the Word of God and do what the Lord's called you to do. That's not okay. So let's just uh, move on. Let's just go through this, this little battle cry here because this will help us, I think, if we really put on this armor of God, and we're not going to spend a great deal of time here, but if we really think about it and put on this armor of God, this will help us with our boldness, with our courage to do what he's called us to do, and that's to go and proclaim Jesus. The belt of truth, that's the gospel message that you've heard. I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it a gazillion times. You know your story, you know how you came to know Jesus. You know his story. That's all there is to it. That's the gospel message. Share it. Be proud of it. The breastplate of righteousness. We need to live obediently. If we're living as God's called us to, we're going to shine and people are going to see it. We need to live obediently. We need to put on the shoes of, of readiness. You have to be, we're called to be witnesses and testify. We have to be ready to give it an account. The shield of faith, confidence of your belief, your salvation. If you're confident and know that what you know is true and real, when things come your way, it'll be like, ah, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter because I know who I am and I'm good with it. So it doesn't matter. I can withstand anything because I am confident in the salvation that has been given to me. We have to put on our helmet of salvation. Hey, we know all our sports teams, you know, our football teams wear their helmets. We know them by their helmet, their baseball caps, whatever it is. We know them by what they wear on their head, right? Well, we need to put on our helmet of salvation. That is, we need to be proud to be Christians. Are we wearing our crown of Christ well? Are we proud to be a Christian? Or are we hiding it? We don't need to. We need to know who we are. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We are sons and daughters of the living God. It is good. Be proud of it. Call yourself a Christian and don't shy away from it. We think that, oh, we're not allowed to talk about it in public. Well, let me tell you something. We are a protected class. It's our religious creed. We are allowed to talk about what we believe in, okay? We don't have to sit there and go, oh, well, we're not protected or anything like that. Only certain things, certain people groups and certain things are protected. Wrong! Religious creed is one of those protected classes for all individuals. We are a protected class. Live with it, deal with it, accept it. So, the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God. Church, we need to get into this. We need to fall in love with the Word of God. I'm telling you, we need to spend time with Jesus. We need to fall in love with the Word of God. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to know this thing inside and out before you go and share Jesus. He'll take you, I promise, just the way you are, and He'll use you if you let Him. However, we're in a process. We're all in this process together. We're going from, you know, baby's milk to solid food, meat. We need to accept that and roll with it, but we need to be used just where we're at and not hold on till I get it all together, whatever that means. Because we're never going to know in full until we're with Jesus, and we're never going to be perfected until we're with Jesus. So for right now, you're good just where you're at. Let him use you. I promise he will if you let him. Paul says in uh, um, 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 5.14, this should be our motivation, for the love of Christ controls us. Let your love for Christ, that's a great commandment, right? Right? Here we are, we at this church, we believe 
in the great commandment, love God, love people. Love God, love people. So if Christ controls us, we're going to make him known. That should be our motivation. Love God, love people. And then also, we always hammer home the great commission, go. Right? That's what we're doing. Love God, love people, and get out there and do it. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, who for their sake died and, and was raised. Thank you, Jesus. It's, do we get it? Do we get that he died for us and suffered for us? Because God loves us so much that he has a plan for all of us. That God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. And that his love for Jesus is the same love he has for each and every one of us that have said yes to him. Do we get that, church? When he adopts you, and I know this because I've adopted children. When you adopt a child, you love them as though they were your seed. There is no difference between an adopted child and a child of blood. They are your children and you love them the same. There is no difference between how much God loves you and how much he loves Jesus. He loves you as sons and daughters. Do you grasp that, church? Do you understand that, church? He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Grab onto that. Hold on to that. Jesus died for us. We couldn't we're all sinners. Thank you. My, my daughter, Sophia, my youngest daughter, she said, she went to Andrea the other day and said, Mom, sometimes I'm just so frustrated with Adam and Eve for making poor choices. <laughs> and, and I get it. I get it. But guess what? We're all fallen now. Thank you, Adam and Eve. <laughs> right? Okay. So now the only way to get right back with Jesus, with God, is through the work that Christ did on the cross. Church, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is there someone in here that has not said, Jesus, I believe that you are who you said you are, that you died on the cross for my sins. I need your forgiveness. I need to repent from the way I've been living and turn to you, Jesus. I accept what you've done. I'm moving forward now, Jesus. If there's anyone in there that hasn't confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, today is the day of salvation. Right now, just bow your head and say it. No one needs to know. No one around you needs, it's none of their business right now. I'd love to hear about it afterwards. Logan would, Mike would, anybody would. Love to hear about it afterwards. But I'm telling you, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to say yes to Jesus. There is no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm telling you, life won't necessarily be easy. We're called to a tough life. But I'm going to tell you what, you'll have purpose, you'll have meaning, and you'll understand why you were created. And that's all about Jesus. So let's do a little, we'll do the weekly evangelism breakdown here. Let's break down my little incident with grandma. Um, so I'm driving there. So the first thing I did was I prayed for myself because Lord knows I was being a coward. He had told me I had to do something, but boy, I didn't want to do it. I had to get over myself and get into Jesus. So number one, we had to pray for ourselves. So, and if you look in the Acts before uh, uh, Peter or any of these guys made a great preach, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, then mighty things happened. We need that help just as much as they needed that help. So we need to pray, Lord, fill me so that I can do your work. It's not of me, it's of you. So number one, I pray for myself. Number two, I started praying for grandma. Lord, soften her heart. Please prepare a way. Please start working on her right now because, because I'm scared and I need your help. And that's what it really was boiling down to. I knew I had to do this. 
I knew I had to share Jesus with Grandma, but I'll tell you what, it was hard. It was difficult. So then, number three, as I said, Lord, open the door. Make the opportunity. Prepare a way. So praying for myself, praying for Grandma, praying for that opportunity. Well, guess what? I'm looking for crosses everywhere. That opportunity arose. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. But guess what? I could have left it there. Because I'll tell you what, that was my selfish, you know, desire. I'm looking for crosses everywhere. I know what I have to do at this point. But inside I'm like, "Ah, I I don't want to. Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. I need your Holy Spirit. I know I need to act upon this. I get it. I understand. Give me the boldness to do this. And then you got to take that opportunity. you got to take that opportunity. Pray for yourself that you'll take that opportunity, that you'll be bold. Pray for the person. Pray for the opportunity. Take the opportunity. I'm going to tell you what. There'll be great rejoicing. You might not always see that great rejoicing, but sooner or later, someone's going to see that great rejoicing. And if you've never been a part of someone saying yes to Jesus and being a new creation... I'm sorry for you. You're missing out on, I think, one of the greatest things this, this worldly life has to offer us. And, and you need to desire that. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's, it's just as good as having a baby. It really is. It is one of the most exciting things that could ever happen. So that's the breakdown. So the other uh, week in our home group... Uh, maybe one of these days someone will have a testimony from this. I challenged our home group. We were talking about going. I challenged our home group. I said, hey, let's bow our heads. Let's pray that God will give us one person to pray about. Not just pray about that person, because I know there's a lot of you already praying for a lot of people. They come to know Jesus. Their hearts would be softened. They come to know Jesus. But not just pray for someone to come to know Jesus, but pray that you'll be used by God to share the gospel and bring that person into the family. So we close our eyes and we pray. Oh, my home group, a lot of overachievers. They all had like three or four names which is great. I only asked for one, but a lot of people, you know, it's great. A bunch of overachievers, which is wonderful, which is wonderful. So there's a lot of people just in my home group that are, that are starting, you know, our home group starting to pray for people and and to see what happens. And so guess what we're going to do this morning? Anybody? Anybody? Same thing. So we're going to take a moment. And if you will, just bow your heads, close your eyes, and just let Jesus speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and speak to you and say, Jesus, give me one person that I can be committed to diligently and consistently. I say daily, but if you miss a day, don't give up. All right? That's all right. But as much as consistently as we can, be praying for this person that they will come to know Jesus. But not just for the person, remember. I want you to commit to Jesus. Use me to share Jesus with this person. Use me to bring this person into the kingdom. God, I'm yours. I want to be used by you. So let's take a moment. Let's pray for that. And if more than one name comes up, that's all right. It's great to be an overachiever. All right. I'm confident that for the majority of you, a face came to mind. 
And I'm confident for the majority of you that you're going to be, out of your love for Christ and your love for that person, committed to this for the year. So I want to encourage you, write that name down. Right now. Write it down. Write it in whatever application you need, you know, on your phone to remind you. But commit, church. Commit. And it was funny, I was uh, talking to Mark because I wanted to make sure I wasn't being, you know, too hard pressing on, on the body, on the family here. And I, so I was talking to Mark about that, and, and he, he, made, he brought up great, a couple great points. He said, number one, if we truly commit to this, and each and every one of us shares the gospel with people, and let's say, let's just, let's just say that this message went out to 400 people this weekend, roughly, or whatever. Okay, that's 400. If each of us did one person, that's 400 people we're, we're praying for. And then I know, because you're a bunch of overachievers, there's a lot of you that have two, three, or four names down. So let's just say it's 500 people. Let's say we share the gospel with 500 people this year. Let's say only 10% of them this year say yes to the Lord and get baptized. That's a revival. That's the start of a revival, church. The other thing Mark pointed out, though, and he's a study, uh, historian in a sense, not just because of his age, just because he likes it. He said, he said, I love you. He said, he said, whenever any region in the world saw revival, it started with one thing, prayer. It started with prayer first. Church, can we commit to praying for people? And can we commit to being used by Jesus Christ, the creator of the heavens and earth who holds all things together? Can we commit to being used by him to radically revive this region? I don't know about you. I think it's quite possible. It's not that difficult. Is it scary? Yes, it's scary. It is, I promise. (laughs) Been there, it's scary. But you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, oh my, oh my. You know, we always talk about, we get people picketing things and we want, oh, this is all wrong with our world. Everything's messed up. Yes, it's a fallen world. The only way to make it right is Jesus. So we can get all huffy and puffy about whatever stance we have on whatever issue is going on. I get it. That's great. But until people get Jesus, they don't change. They need Jesus. Every soul, everybody is a soul in need of a Savior. Everybody is a soul in need of a Savior. Let's be used by God to get some souls saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. I thank you so much that you have called me, me, a wretched man that I was, into your kingdom, Jesus. I praise you for that. I praise you that you love all of us equally and with, with as much passion and compassion and mercy and grace and love as you do your own son. God, you are good. You are good. Lord, give us a spirit of courage and boldness to proclaim your good news. Give us a desire for our love for you and our love for people to consistently commit to changing people's lives for your name, Jesus. Lord, let this be the start of greater things, Lord. Embolden all of us, Jesus. Let us be proud to say we are Christians. Let us be proud to say I am a son or a daughter of the living God. Let us know who we are and stand firm, Jesus. Lord, bless this church. Lord, bless this region with you. You are the only good blessing. Amen.